I know I want to stay busy or, you know, yeah. watch TV to zone out and um, not have to sit with my feelings. Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing that kind of makes them better is to sit with them. And it makes it a lot easier when your partner can also sit with them so that, you know, when you can sit with my feelings, it makes me more able to sit with my own feelings. Welcome, Rocketeers, to this special 20th episode of the Rocket Feather Podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of this project and this podcast community. This week, we've got Kelly and I without a guest. It's just the two of us talking about relationships and in particular, the two things that we think makes our relationship not only successful, but a source of energy rather than a drain. And those two things are developing personal self-awareness and personal strength so that we can be more fully present for one another. And the second thing is cultivating a sense of teamwork. And that teamwork is what makes our relationship really strong and dedicated to something even larger than us and larger than the relationship. So listen in for those tips and see if they make sense in your life and in your relationship. We're calling this the quickie episode. It's a little bit fast and dirty. It's only very lightly edited and it's not very long. And that's because we've got two big events coming up this week. On the 4th, I'm presenting at a TEDx conference at Phoenix College. And on the 5th, we're doing a live podcast recording at Granite Mountain Brewery. And we're really excited about that. We've got a couple of special guest hosts, uh, one a NASA scientist and the other a Arctic climate researcher. So check that out on the 5th. We offer this story about our relationship, you know, in the humble hope that it uh, provides some value to you. Take a listen. Welcome, everybody, to the Rocket Feather podcast. This is the 20th episode. Is it? That we're recording. Wow. Yep. Yep. One score and no years ago. That's exciting, though. Our our four persons brought our, our past Charles and Kelly started recording podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. They were awesome. Those those past Kellys and Charleses? Yeah. Well, there was just one of each, really. Well, I don't know. They were a <laughs> bunch, actually. Right. Right. So, yeah, this is episode 20, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm, now that I say that, I'm really excited about it. Yay, I am, too. I have learned so much and experienced so much from Tony Himes and... And Tom Check and Brianna Hinkle and and so much from Claire Luge. It's just it, all of those wonderful guests. Yeah, we've had some really great conversations just in our first our first twenty. Yeah, yeah, and I hope I hope you all go go check them out. I think there's I think there's a bunch of value there, and I I don't think it's just me. The the feedback we're getting from people who listen to those things is that hearing those stories from from people that you would consider to be regular people. They're not mm-hmm. they're not opening movies. They're not Yeah, they're not out of reach. They're not out of reach. They're they're folks who we know who happen to be huge hearted and very thoughtful and smart and yeah. I hate this word but I'm gonna use it. Am I gonna use it? Evolved. Ugh. Can I retract yeah. that now? Yeah, roll, roll that back. Yeah, they're thoughtful and inspiring and grown up and yeah. But we're going to step out and just do a podcast with just you and I today. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, hi. Hi. <laughs> and what we're going to talk about today and what we hope to bring some value to the conversation about like what makes a relationship work and especially make a strong relationship, the the 
the the whole I don't know intellectual concept, intellectual spiritual heart concept that I'm working on is you know what does it mean to what does it mean to be strong and can we redefine strong away from these ideas of dominance and control and and mm-hmm. oppression and repression and and learn to see the strength that has already been there. It's not like we're having yeah. to do anything different. It's sort of like when people in science discover something new that's been there all along, like a new species. Right. Yeah. That species was there. It yeah. is not new. That's, we just didn't know about it. I'm going to so steal that metaphor. That's freaking awesome. I yeah. know. It drives me crazy when yeah. science discovers something new that's always been there. But right. We were just too dumb to see it. Right. Discovers a new planet. Yeah. A bunch of white people discover another content, uh, continent. Right. Yeah. 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 Like who was living on that continent already? So now everybody's turned off the podcast. So they're like, they're not going to tell us anything new. It's already been, it's already. No, but it yeah. could be new to you. It'd be new to you. Maybe. And, and, and my guess is a lot of listeners out there, you know, are already in, in great relationships and already in really solid um, relationships, hopefully with themselves and, mm-hmm. and one another. And, but hopefully we inspire them, you, uh, to, to spread it around some more because everybody needs more strength. Right. And even if you guys already know this stuff, it's about being in community together. Because if we all know it just kind of in our own little corner of the world, it can feel lonely. And it's a great conversation to be having with each other Mm -hmm. because we all have something different to bring to it. So I want to know what our listeners do that that works for them. We know some people who are in some awesome relationships and I would love to hear their take on what we have to say and, yeah. you know, where they think we either got it wrong or or something, some spin on it that we hadn't considered. Right. Because then everybody benefits from that. Right. Yeah. And thanks for saying that, because one of the things that I'm really becoming aware of is this idea of um, redefining or rediscovering, mm-hmm. uncovering uh, a, a collaborative strength, a uh a strength built on on vulnerability and inclusion. And, right. That's and part of it. With. Part of your your new and improved yeah. is all of these things that a lot of people have been doing for a long time, but just weren't called strength. Right. 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 They weren't seen as strength because a lot of them are feminine. A lot of yeah. them are things women have been doing for a long time right. that were not considered strong. Yeah. And when men do them crying, being vulnerable, mm-hmm. expressing emotion, yeah. listening, being things receptive. outside the man box. All of those things are considered outside the man box yeah. and we don't nece- don't necessarily get credit for them. That's changing. Yeah. Absolutely. Happily. Yeah. One of the things, you know, we'll we'll get into this. We got we got some tips for strong relationships. We'll we'll get there, but mm-hmm. um I just want to relate the story. You know, I got I got a I was on Instagram yesterday, uh, a couple days ago actually, and saw that my 19-year-old buddy from Boys to Men, who'd been a mentee since he was 13, um, said, hey, anybody want to hang out? Oh, yay. Yeah, yeah. And he told me later that like 42 people, 42 of his friends hit the hit the little heart button on oh, Instagram, but yay. I was the only one who said, yeah, let's go get coffee. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so we went and had, we went and had coffee, and he was going through a breakup, and Found out that his sweetie had been yeah. uh, seeing somebody new. I don't think it was, I don't think she was necessarily unfaithful, but, uh, you know. With, but since the breakup. Yeah. 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 And so he's, he's, That's dealing, hard. he's dealing with heartache and jealousy and rage. And, and the fact that this 19 year old could, you know, hang out with a 50 year old yeah. dude and express this pain and vulnerability about like, 
how angry he was and how upset mm-hmm. with himself that he was angry because he doesn't want to be angry and he mm-hmm. just he doesn't want to be that guy. He wants to be in control. And we're just like, I didn't, I didn't tell him anything other than right. like, yeah, of course you were angry. Yeah. Of course you were angry. It hurts. Of course it you, sucks. of course you did, did and said stuff that you regretted. Of course you did. Of course. Yeah. And you, you're That's sitting That's what being 19 is all about. Right. Well, and the old way of being 19, for me, for sure, would have been to be angry, but not to question that anger, to be mm-hmm. righteously angry mm-hmm. and to not. And um, to hang on to it forever. To it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff, mm-hmm. that anger. Oh, I love it. Being done wrong, man. That's like, that's a drug. Yeah. And then you get to write songs about it, too. If you're, if you're a country, if you're anybody. Mm-hmm. Country West Arkansas. So we should probably talk about what we're going to talk about instead of just. Yeah. Yeah, we sure. can talk about the thing instead of talking about talking about the thing. We're so meta. <laughs> I know. So we're talking about we're talking about some of the what we've found to be some of the keys to having a strong relationship, and in particular, this has come up because we've tackled you and I tackled a couple of really weighty relationship subjects. Yeah, early, we were going deep this week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a little for those relatively new listeners who maybe don't know us personally, just a little background in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Like what it's because we're, we're, we're a little bit different. We come to this relationship a little bit differently than a lot of people come to a married relationship. Yeah, we did a lot of rehearsing before we got to the, <laughs> the show, as it were. Right. And we met one another 26 years ago now, probably uh, 26 think, or 27. I don't know, 1987, whenever that was. Right. And uh, 32, 33, 32 years ago. Wow. Yeah. We spent a day together when we were 19 ish. Yeah. And nothing, nothing happened. Nothing no, we were forced between. to by your mother. We were forced to spend the day together. Yeah. And neither one of us really remembers much about it. Right. Yeah. It's a little embarrassing to admit. Uh, to all of our listeners that my social life was basically managed by my mother when I was 19. And it's true. She well, still, and she still tries to manage it. Yeah, but she was right about this. She's been, she was working on us for a really long time. Yeah. yeah. So we finally kind of re-met six and a half years ago as... Well, 2011, the first time you came in the studio. Oh, right, right. There was the double... On Art Walk. The double tap. The double tap. <laughs> yeah, he came in the studio... Uh, my studio in Jerome uh, with his girlfriend at the time. And, and we had this great chat. He would, he, right. if he hadn't introduced himself, I wouldn't have known who he was. And uh-huh. we, but as I would find out later, he's very good at asking questions and being interested. And we just had a great chat and I really mm-hmm. liked her too. And it was fun getting to know you guys. And then you went away for a couple of years and I had I had a relationship that I had to go ruin, apparently. Apparently. Yeah, yeah you were busy doing that. And and yeah. uh, meanwhile, I had had enough of relationships mm-hmm. around that same time and had just decided I was going to be an art nun and stay an in the studio. And, you know, woe be to anyone who messed with my my studio bliss. Uh, yeah. You took you took. Uh... The advice to find your bliss and like it's here in the studio. It's not with some, not with some dude in Jerome. Well, I just knew that if someone was going to get me out of the studio or take time away from the studio, that it had to be worthwhile. Finally, you know, and in my mid forties, I was ready to commit to something that was important to me. And I was ready to stop with the bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, I was ready to stop chasing people who weren't right for me. Mm. I was ready to just, I don't know, I just finally lost interest in in all of the silliness of dating yeah. 
and stuff not working out. You know, I had yeah. had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things not work out. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm just not, it's just, I'm, why? Why keep right. trying? Right. Stop shoveling water. Stop shoveling. Yeah. Stop pushing the rope. And, mm-hmm. and I was having a great time in the studio. Yep. Making beautiful, and, beautiful things. Yeah, I was doing the best work of my life. Yeah. I had a business partner who was super supportive and who made it possible for me to, uh, between between Vicky supporting me in the studio and between my mom letting me live at home for free, mm-hmm. I was working a day or two a week at the library mm-hmm. and making art pretty much full time. And that was delicious. Yeah. It was wonderful to be able to do that and to really be able to build something that was that other people appreciated. Right. People came into our studio and they're blown away by it. So that was really special and really important. And then you came in again. Well, so, so I mean, so hang on for just a second, because, mm-hmm. you know what? So that seems like a, a diversion. Your story of like where you were, how you were being in your life and how your life was treating you and the decisions you made. It seems like a sidebar to talking about strong relationships, mm-hmm. but it's, it's it not It was fundamental actually, to my, yeah. to my process. Right. Um, and, and what we'll talk about in a second about like being a strong self. Yeah. Like getting to be to in that a strong place. relationship. Yeah. 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 So at 20 and at 30, I wasn't strong enough in myself to have a relationship that worked. Yeah. Yeah. So, and in in addition to like finding your real bliss, mm-hmm. making art, having that opportunity to really focus on your, the expression of your gift into mm-hmm. the world, you were doing lots of other stuff leading up to that point. Lots of personal work and spiritual work and Yeah, I did a, a master's degree in art therapy and counseling. And mm-hmm. during the process of that, I did a ton of personal work, therapy. Um, yeah, I did quite a few years of, of therapy during mm-hmm. that. And after that time, I worked in mental health for a couple of years. It yeah. was really profound for me. Um, mm. So, yeah, I did a lot of, of digging and learning about myself and about how people are Mm. and it was if I hadn't done that I probably wouldn't have gotten to that place because I was able to learn to express myself better Mm -hmm. and release a lot of old junk yeah so learning to express yourself better and letting go of baggage were those were those the things that you got because you talked about you know you had this really profound experience um working in the mental health field and and you'd done mm-hmm. a ton of work on yourself are those the things that came out of that yeah i i would say so mm-hmm. um i think just getting older is good but yeah. but i don't think it's quite enough just to get older i think in order to you know maybe i don't want to say slay our dragons or our demons but to tame them right right to make friends with them that's an that's an example of that new kind of strength we're talking mm-hmm. about, right? Like not slaying the demons, not yeah. not repressing the the parts of ourselves that aren't as healthy as they could be or aren't as mature as they could be, but making yeah. making friends with them, making friends with the wild parts, the mm-hmm. the the strange parts, the mysterious parts, the angry parts, the yeah. hurt parts. Yeah, I was going to say also the vulnerable parts because yeah. I I was very surprised to realize that I was beating up on my inner child, yeah, you know, yeah. because I was embarrassed that she was vulnerable, Oh, you know, and I gave mm. her a really hard time and, you know, I still have to watch it, but, yeah. but we've, you know, we've come a long way. You were, you were judging and, and oh, yeah. harshing that, harshing that, mm-hmm. that vulnerable. 
yeah, the, small. The, the way that I felt like I was treated, I was still treating her. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, how does that make anything better? And you went through s- some similar so yeah, so meantime, like you know, we met, we we meet in 1987. Seven. Go away. You do you do your thing. End up end up doing therapy and working in mental health and making beautiful art and becoming an art nun. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, back on the trail, back in the back in the whatever. Yeah, I ended up doing a lot of work on myself to build. It ended up building this strong base of self-awareness, self-acceptance mm-hmm. and um, self-love and the ability to feel like my feet are planted. My feet are planted and I'm safe. Like that's mm-hmm. the the end of all of that work. I don't really like con- the end of all of that exploration, the end of all of that experience is a, a self and ego that is pretty healthy and, and pretty rock solid. And I mean, it didn't, it didn't start there. I did not spring fully formed from the head of from the head of Zeus I was a you know a selfish uh confused angry you know worm with a fair amount of self-loathing and and a similar um you know a troubled relationship with my with my inner child with Mm -hmm. with the part of me that was carrying around the carrying around the baggage from being bullied, from having had my father die at the age of 10, from um just having parents who were imperfect Mm -hmm. um uh, having human beings for yeah, parents. Having human beings yeah. for parents, exactly. But we think they're gods, we right? We do. And I don't know what the cure for that is. We, they are our gods and their imperfections create yeah. such stress. And yeah. I, you know, I carried, it wasn't so much that my dad died. And people, maybe people in the audience have heard this already, but it wasn't so much that my dad died at the age of 10. That's not what effed me when up. When you were 10. When I was 10. Yeah. yeah. Would have been hard for yes. Um, it was the look of disdain that my father gave me when I was seven, mm-hmm. and I know that his dad gave him that look. Mm-hmm. I know I'm guessing that uh, it's grandfather. The it's the yeah. yeah. It's like it just passes down that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was my god, and that look of disdain. I was just like, okay, well, that clearly I am a shitty person. Yeah. Like if my god can look at me like that. I have got, I am not worthy, clearly. It's the wound that keeps on giving. The wound that keeps on giving. And I just carried that around almost completely unconsciously. And I projected it on other people. Mm -hmm. I gave other people that look of disdain. I still, Mm -hmm. oh. I've gotten it a couple of times. You've gotten it a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my my niece and nephew have gotten it a couple of times. My students in in class and on the trail got it uh, a number of times. I'm, I'm, I'm a carrier for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's rare these days. Right. And so so all this work, one of the things we're talking about, about being a strong self that, that we can bring to a relationship is not necessarily becoming perfect, but it's that sense of self-awareness where it's like I have, I don't know, maybe 25 to 30 percent of the time I can, I don't necessarily catch that look before it comes out, but I, but I notice it. Uh-huh. And I, and I notice the story and the feeling that comes with that look and the story is that, um, you know, I know better and... And I will never be able to express my need. Like mm. disdain, that look of disdain mm-hmm. comes from like, I'm not even going to bother. Wow. Right? Yeah. And so all of that self-awareness means that I don't have to live in that story with you in particular. Mm-hmm. So like when I catch it, it's a signal for like, okay, Charles, can you express to Kelly? Can you trust mm. that you can tell Kelly what it is that you want from her? Or it's not even... I don't even like saying want from you, but it's like right. what I want in that moment. Or what, what you want me to witness or. Yes. Yeah. 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 What is the truth right now that mm-hmm. I don't feel 
safe enough putting out there like it's mm-hmm. not going to be received. And that's that is such a BS story that mm-hmm. it's not going to be received. And in this relationship in particular, that's right. not the case. That hasn't been the, the track record. That has not been the track record. You're there. You're there for whatever I bring. So, you know, I the what my path to that self-awareness was through therapy and through wilderness mm-hmm. vision quests and rites of passage that were very intense. Um you know, other people have different ways of coming to that self-awareness. You know, like when we talked to Molly McGinn, Mm -hmm. um, episode five or whatever that was, you know, she talked Mm -hmm. about sitting in a room in Japan with a bunch of Buddhist monks meditating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sitting with her, all her terrible feelings and just (laughs) knowing that if she flipped out, they would, they would be there for her. That's like knowing that she was in good hands was what made her able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That experience for me, that having, you know, gone through the, the, the wilderness vision quest and the, and the about two years of therapy and then getting to be embedded in a community of boys to men, the mentoring organization where we were, the whole culture of that organization is about emotional expression. And awareness. And, and awareness. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and honesty. And honesty. Right. Yeah. Like if you are sitting in a circle at boys to men and you say, I feel fine. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, nobody's going for that. We don't <laughs> we, do fine here. We, we accept everything about you except fine. Fine is not a thing. Not okay. Where the expectation for the boys and the men is yeah. that you dig a little deeper. What is your real feeling? Mm-hmm. You say you're feeling fine. Is that happy, glad, joyful, grateful? Mm-hmm. What's what's going on? There? Yeah, yeah. And that was actually one of the so the the conversation I had with with my 19 year old friend the other day. One of the things he was talking about is that he's contemplating uh, going and staffing one of the rites of passage weekends. And I was encouraging hmm. him to do that. And he said, you know, I, I don't I don't really like going to the the little weekend activities that Boys to Men does. The, they'll play oh, ball yeah. or they'll do art or whatever. He says because they just don't they just don't go deep enough. Oh wow, he wants he wants the real deal. Yeah, he's 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 yeah. hooked. He wants to he wants the you know once you've once you've had that experience of that kind of openness and vulnerability and where it's safe to be that way mm-hmm. anything else is kind of uh. yeah nah. and so that's something that i brought to that i brought to the relationship yeah, you brought that like crazy and i needed that mm-hmm. i mean as much work as i had done on myself even now we've been married for five years but mm-hmm. even now i still need that from you you know your ability to um hear me no matter what and you're really good at at not freaking out and yeah. and listening mm-hmm. and and accepting wherever I am, yeah. whether I'm angry or freaking out or sad or depressed or whatever. Yeah. Um, over and over again, you you've listened. We don't I mean, we don't get like mad at each other and fight very often, like hardly at all, because we kind of had that off at the past because we are able to um, be with each other's states. Yes. And uh, fairly well. Yeah. And I think that comes from, for me, being able to be there for whatever you're bringing, your uh, joy, uh, uh, sadness, hopelessness, anger, whatever. I'm able to do that mostly because of the fact that I can do that for myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You like, can empathize with whatever you can mm-hmm. sit with, whatever you're feeling. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, that's what we do as humans in Western cultures try to not feel what we're feeling. Yeah. I mean, all of the the addictions and the TV yeah. and 
eating and all, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, like I know I eat to drown out my feelings and mm-hmm. I know I want to stay busy or, you know, yeah. watch TV to zone out and um, not have to sit with my feelings. Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing that kind of makes them better is to sit yeah. with them. And it makes it a lot easier when your partner can also sit with them so that, you know, when you can sit with my feelings, it makes me more able to sit with my own feelings. Yeah. And it makes me more likely to do that. So, uh, you know, I've been sitting in meditation Mm. pretty much every morning Mm -hmm. for, uh, I don't know, a couple months again. Like I I go through ups and downs with with doing that and it definitely makes a huge difference in my life. But because you're able to, Mm. to be with me. I'm like, well, if he can do it, I should be able to be with me. <laughs> oh, 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 interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a mirror image of, mm-hmm. of what I'm doing. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't, I don't meditate. I should, I should meditate. I should. No. I, mean, I should myself. But, but yeah, I have a, I have cultivated and been lucky enough to bring to this relationship the capacity to be present. You, know, you talk about sitting with the feelings and it makes it, when you say it that way, it, it, it makes it sound like it, it makes it sound like it's, a, it's a meditating or pausing or mm. whatever. But there's like, even in the moment of when you come home or when you're frustrated with something, I'm not like going off and sitting for a little while and then no. coming back to you. No, like, you're actively accepting it yeah, I'm af- yeah, and meeting yeah. me there. And I'm able to notice, and this is something that we both, I think, got out of that long period of time of being single or, or you know, mm-hmm. kind of giving up on the dating life, like noticing my own feelings as they arise mm-hmm. in response to whatever you're bringing. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, you're, um, you get really frustrated sometimes using the computer. Yeah. Or, or really frustrated with, uh, you know, how the, the medical <laughs> industry is treating oh you or gosh. whatever it is. You get really angry. You get really bent out of shape. You get yeah. really frustrated. You get loud, swear, and like stuff comes up for me. Mm-hmm. And I want to. I don't want to be around yelling and anger and frustration. And I'm like, my old impulse is to, so, so what, I mean, I don't feel, I don't feel safe. Like the little tiny part of me mm-hmm. doesn't feel safe, doesn't want to yeah. be around that. Uh, and then what spins out of that is like judgment about like, you, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be that way. Right. And like, that's stupid. You know, you're mm-hmm. overreacting, like all these judgments. Um, and, and, you know, under, underneath all of those judgments is, is there's, a, there's a, there's a little kernel of love underneath yeah. there somewhere of like, oh, Kelly's hurting and frustrated. Uh-huh. And so I like, I can see all of that, fortunately. And I try and focus on that the kernel of love and notice all of my judgments and just accept them. Like that's not going to go away. I don't Mm -hmm. expect that at any particular point in my life, any particular point in my history with you, that you're going to flip out over whatever the computers could do. And I'm just going to be like, Oh, it's not a kernel of love. It's a watermelon of love. (laughs) I don't feel any judgment. No, no. I just expect that I'm always going to be catching the, catching the judgment, catching the impulse to fix, to downplay, to try and tamp your emotions down so that I feel safer. Uh, I don't expect that I'm ever not going to have some judgment come up around that. Mm -hmm. But I also expect that I'm going to be even better and better at uh, more and more practiced Mm -hmm. at, um, Finding the the kernel of love, the kernel of empathy, the kernel of patience, because it's like it just passes, right? It's like you get yeah. angry, you get angry at the computer. And, yeah, the swearing and happens. The swearing happens. Yeah. And you either figure it out or you shut the computer down yeah. and go on to something else. Yeah, I've gotten better at knowing when I should just stop yeah. trying and come back at another time. 
Right. You know, and I'm, I'm guessing there are people listening right now who are like, whoa, wow, that's the big problem in your relationship, huh? You know, like Kelly gets, mm-hmm. Kelly gets frustrated. To, you guys have no idea how much she swears. It's, no. Um, but it's but it's the same thing like, like what's like swear. you know we get uh you know we one of the number one things that people fight about in relationships is money and you and i um we're able to talk pretty calmly through through the terror yeah through the terror and yeah because you know, i get freaked out and yeah. and but i don't know we just have developed good habits yeah. for the most part of of I don't know, like just our rules of engagement are are a certain mm-hmm. way and it keeps it from escalating and getting out of hand. Yeah. Well, and for me, um, I'd be curious if this is true for you. For me, it in, it involved, again, like the, the long history of my growing self-awareness. So it's like mm-hmm. I know now that when one of the triggers that comes up around money is I want to feel I don't want to feel constrained. Mm-hmm. I want to feel free. Um, I want to feel uh, abundant. I don't want to be told no. Mm-hmm. So when you or some other person in a relationship with me in the past has said, has expressed some concern around spending or mm-hmm. concern around money, I'm he- the story mm-hmm. is I'm hearing my mother tell me no. Right. Yeah. And everybody loves that. Everybody loves that. And f- I think for men in particular, it's just like the way we build masculinity is is by throwing mom under the bus or trying to get away mm-hmm. from mom or whatever. And yeah. That's like the fundamental separation project. Yeah. Yeah. In a patriarchal culture, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I have been able to notice that again, just like just noticing, OK, I can I can get strong around this by being less defended around mm-hmm. it. I can get strong around this by noticing me like, huh. There I go again. There goes Charles again, getting triggered mm-hmm. because he thinks Kelly is acting like his mom used to act. Right. So whatever. there's like that internal piece of noticing yep. your feelings and, and your triggers. And then there's sort of the interactive piece of you've gotten really good at, at voicing that. And right, right. we together have come up with ways to mm-hmm. work on our finances without th- that empower you, that make you yeah. feel like you're getting to decide where that money's getting spent. So it's not me dictating how you get to spend money. Yeah. It's us choosing. Yeah. Our financial goals, and it makes it different for both of us. Yeah. I feel safer. So that's I think also. you just I think you just identified this like four or five step process in there mm-hmm. that we should probably probably should have just said this is what we're doing on the podcast, right? It's like so identifying you know identifying my own my own triggers and mm-hmm. kind of tracing them the back. Internal piece. The internal piece, and and one of the things that I, you know that I strongly recommend is like having a bit of a laugh. At, oh my gosh! At myself, just. There I go again. There I go again. And There's just, that piece. Or give it a personality, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, Agnes. <laughs> Thank you, Agnes, for watching out for the trouble. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And, and but then you said you kind of went over this really quickly, but I expressed those. I, I told mm-hmm. you the whole thing, not just yeah. like, not just like, I don't like it when you tell mm-hmm. me not to spend money. But like, so what comes up for me is blah, 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 blah. And it goes all the way back to like, feeling like I'm being told no by my mom. Right. And if I can meet you there and go, God, nobody likes that feeling. If I can tell myself that, like, instead of, oh, God, he's being so unreasonable or whatever. It's like, God, well, I can understand. I can relate to that feeling. Right. Right. 
And that I can say to you, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to feel like somebody's telling you how you can spend your money. Right. And I didn't, I don't expect that anything is necessarily going to change when I am open and vulnerable to you about what's going on for me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not necessarily, I'm. Your goal isn't to change me. No, no. It used to be, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, when I first started studying nonviolent communication and kind of trying to. Uh, deconstruct relationships and figure out how to be better in them. There was definitely like this, like when you do X, it mm-hmm. makes me feel Y. So please, you know, do Z. Yeah. We and, were talking about how the people who are learning nonviolent communication and, and that kind of thing, but they yeah. haven't done that internal work. They just, I'm going to tell you about yeah. how I feel. <laughs> right. That's like, you know, I guess what, you know, kind of hippie granola people who have a bad reputation because they haven't cleaned house, you know, they're trying to do the, the new way yeah. and be all enlightened, but they really are still under underneath the form is I want you to, you know, I still want to control you. I, I still, still want to manipulate. Wanna yeah. I still want to win. I still yeah. want to be on top. I still want to be safe by, by being one rung up the ladder. And everybody can feel that when somebody's trying to manipulate, yeah. everybody can feel it. Yeah. And so, you know, even if it's subtle, we're like, I'm not doing what you say. So there's this so there's this almost what feels like a miracle occurs when when I let go of expecting some sort of outcome from the vulnerability. When you tell me not to spend money or when I feel like we're we're um, constraining my spending, Mm -hmm. I get really anxious and angry. As it goes back to feeling like I'm being told no by my mom, and I really don't like that. And like no, no requests, mm-hmm. no, no demands, you know, no whatever. And when you like just validate that back, like you just said, like mm-hmm. yeah, it totally makes sense that you feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I get it. I get it. And not even like, not even like, oh, oh, I don't want you to feel that way. You mm-hmm. don't, you don't do that to me. You don't try and comfort me. You're just there for that feeling. Mm-hmm. I feel scared and constrained and and cranky because I just want to feel abundant and carefree. Yeah. I don't want to have to think about this stuff that scares me. Right. And you're just like, yeah, just like you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can, you, you're right there. Like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. And then out of that came the, the miraculous part is like, out of it came, is like, okay, well now we're using YNAB, the budgeting program, which we would totally accept a sponsorship from. Yes. Um, <laughs> we love YNAB. We would love to get paid to sing their praises. Stands for you need a budget. And, yeah. you know, and, and it, it, it takes a lot of work and we, sometimes we do better with it than others. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we ended up with a tool that allows us to decide collaboratively where we can, where we can and should spend money mm-hmm. and how to save money for, for bigger ticket items and blah, 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 blah. We, you know, we could do a whole podcast on that, but we're not going to, cause we're not a personal finance podcast. Yeah. We are not qualified for that. Right. Right. And so the, out of letting go of any kind of outcome, we end up on a team together. And out of that team comes the solution for using a budgeting program and, and doing our best to stick with it. Again, we can always do better. And the other thing that came out of it, of course, is that we decided we're not going to do our own taxes anymore. Yeah. <laughs> there, that was kind of one of the worst times in our whole marriage for me yeah. was like a tax time that didn't go well yeah. for for me. And yeah. right. Yeah. I made a mistake and I, I you made it. You made a choice. Well, I made a mistake. Yeah, I messed up, but I, I was like, I was not in a good place. Or that, yeah. but um, yeah, the, realizing that it's worth the money. Oh my god! To outsource certain things yeah. that are super stressful and yeah. or super painful or whatever it is, if you yeah. can get someone else to do that stuff, yeah, do it. And that was kind of that involved 
both of us forgiving each other for not being great at that. Yeah. Forgiving, uh, forgiving our, ourselves and forgiving each other for mm-hmm. not, for getting stressed out over yeah. taxes. It's like, I'd like to be able to say, I could just like, huh, there's Charles being stressed out over taxes again. Tried that yeah. for a couple of years. Yeah. Didn't, def- didn't take the air pressure out of it enough. No. And so like off to, what's his name? Adam. Adam. Adam, our tax our guy. But. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bless him. Bless you, Adam. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And this year, we already have our taxes turned in. And that's in. Shoot, Shoot and Hilgendorf. Hilgendorf. Yeah. Hilgendorf. We'll, we we'll accept take, a sponsorship yeah, from them as well. We'll take a sponsorship from them as well. Yes, we're open. Yes. Um, no, it's, it's, we're, not, we're not open to anybody. We believe, yeah, we we believe in there. We do. Yeah. Do we take a break? Oh, it's a great idea. Yeah, just in case we get a sponsorship. <laughs> Stay tuned for this message from, insert your name here. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Rocket Feather Podcast. We'll be right back to finish up some some more tips on how to have a strong relationship. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rocket Feather Podcast. We're kind of laughing right now because, frankly, frankly, dear, dear audience, we're both... We're a mess. We're a mess. Kelly's, Kelly's tired after a long week of slaving away at the library district. It's graphic design slave yeah i love it it's yeah. really good yeah but uh, yeah and my brain is fried her basically. brain is fried and i i'm coming down with something i don't know what it is we're joking about whether or not yeah. it's the, better not be the coronavirus the coronavirus i heard the yeah it just better not be that's all i'm saying right and we want to we want to uh be a source of um clear information mm-hmm. about relationships about creativity and, and the, the coronavirus and the coronavirus yeah. It's very clear that you cannot get the coronavirus from drinking Corona beer. So oh, it's just, that's really, people yeah. are going to be very relieved to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about, you know, buying a six pack of Corona and, and drinking it, but then realizing I would feel terrible. It wouldn't be the coronavirus, but I would feel terrible. So well, it would, just, it would, from well, drinking from six drinking beers. all of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You have I'm, to do a series of inoculations instead. Okay. I don't drink a lot of beer. No. Anyway, aren't you glad you listened to the Rocket Feather podcast, everybody? Yeah, I hope so. I guess if they are still here, they're probably glad. It is It is a selective crowd. Are their fingers broken? <laughs> How do I make my podcast I stop playing? make it stop. Yeah. So we're talking about the things that we went through to get to the place where we could be strong people in the new way, strong yeah. in the new way, strong in the, in the vulnerable, emotionally resilient, emotionally aware, emotionally uh, literate. Yeah. Way and and you know we haven't talked so much about the new kind of strength that's not interested in in win lose scenarios, not interested in in being one rung up. But like I don't, I work pretty hard not to care about whether or not I'm winning or losing in the relationship. Yeah, I do too. I think that's the committing to being on the same team is a huge, uh, I think it's a committing to being on the same team is a way of framing, you know, it's a concept that I find incredibly useful for being in in relationship because I'm an only child. I was, you know, I, you said earlier about being a selfish person. I'm definitely self-involved. I care about other people, but I just, I don't know. I definitely have been self-involved my whole life. Um, So to make your needs a priority for me, mm-hmm. it makes that possible when I think about us being on a team together. Yeah. We're going, we're going towards goals that we set together. Yeah. 
And there are all kinds of goals. I mean, there's financial goals and yep. career goals and yep. personal goals. Yep. And, you know, we keep, we're big fans of strategic planning and we yeah. keep coming back to that and we keep writing on, putting paper on the wall and, and yeah. writing up our values and all kinds of things that help us get really clear on where we agree and overlap and what we want to accomplish. And yeah. so it makes it framing it in the sense that we're our teammates. Yes. With shared goals makes it a lot easier to try to help you accomplish what you need to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And you help me accomplish what I need to accomplish, whether that's just, you know, being emotionally okay in the moment or, you know, to actually get out there and and do stuff. Because it's part of something larger. Yeah, absolutely. Whether or not you are okay, whether or not I'm okay is part of something bigger and and not just bigger than not just bigger than me, but bigger than the two of us, like our Our relationship is a, a, a vehicle or a, mm-hmm. I don't know what the right metaphor is, the, the, the delivery, a battery, a delivery uh, system. system. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then for that some, nests into positive... community. Yeah. And all of us, you know, all of you out there yeah. have your your delivery system to bring your gifts to the community and mm-hmm. to the world. And so it's it's all, you know, it's all connected. We, right. We're big on connection at every level. So and. And I wish I could remember whether it was Elizabeth Gilbert or Brené Brown, and maybe somebody out there can can source yeah, this quote. Because I think it was in an interview. I don't know if it was in a book or not, but she, we know it was at least a she, said, we do self-actualization, the kind of personal work we've mm-hmm. been talking about up to this point. We do self-actualization. So that, well, I should say self-actualization mm-hmm. so that we can be in relationship so that then we can be of service. Right. And that's that has 100% been my experience. Like mm-hmm. I... I Spent all this time working on developing this healthy ego, this strong foundation, uh, a sense of security in the world, a sense of purpose mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, connection in the world. And that has been what's allowed me to be strong in relationship with you. And then being in strong relationships help, helps you go out into the world and do what you got to do. Yeah. And, and together, I mean, we, we created, mm-hmm. we cre- you and I created... Uh, you know, a musical Music festival from yeah. scratch. We created uh, fundraising galas. We created amazing visual cool art and all kinds of cool stuff. And now we've got this podcast going on. We're getting mm-hmm. your art more out in the world. Uh, there's a whole, uh, there's a book, yeah. there's a book coming. We're going to write a book. Yeah. Yeah. Should we tell them that we're kind of excited about um, being quarantined? We would love to be quarantined for a month. We should probably be really careful how we ask for yeah. this. Because the universe. We don't want bad things to happen to other people, but we would make really good use of staying home for a month. That's all we're saying. Yes. We will. Yeah. We get quarantined. We've got gonna, a lot to do. It's going to be a book. There's going to be a Facebook group. There's going to be all kinds of good stuff coming yeah. out of coming out of uh, not being allowed to go to work. <laughs> and we're able to work from home. So we'll probably yeah. we'll be doing some work as well. So anyway, yeah. The the How do I bring this back? What were we talking about? Well, just strong, so, yeah. a strong relationship. Everybody wants a good, strong relationship yep. with a partner. Not everybody, but most people yep. who are in relationships would like it to be a pleasant experience. Would like it to be a place. Being on the same team. Yeah. yeah. A place where you feel supported, cared about, um, nurtured, yep. and encouraged to do what you came to this planet to do. Right. And so that's what we've been talking about is how to, um, you know, some ways of making yourself strong enough so mm-hmm. that you can be in relationship with another person. Because if you are if you are needy and weak and, yeah. you know, self-obsessed, you know, it's really makes it difficult to be in relationship with other people without yeah. getting just 
blown around. Yeah. And I would say, you know, my guess is there's some folks out there in relationship who didn't do it exactly the way we did. Maybe they got in a relationship relatively early in life. Maybe they raised kids. Now they're kind of wondering what the heck is going on. Or maybe they've had to figure all this stuff out in that relationship. Right. Well, I'm actually, I mean, I'm thinking about people who are saying, okay, great, fine. Mm -hmm. Work on yourself. Well, I'm already, I'm already in Mm -hmm. this relationship. Yeah, you've got a lot invested. I'm already unhappy. I'm already you know, what's the, you know, and I'm not necessarily here to give relationship advice, but if there's a way to be vulnerable enough with your partner to say, I want something more, I want a chance to work on some of these things in myself to get myself stronger mm-hmm. with the goal of being able to make a strong relationship. You know, they talk about folks in recovery, you know, like don't make any big decisions yeah. in the in the first year of recovery or they talk about on Mankind Project, uh, men who go off and do a really intense rite of passage for themselves, the advice is don't go break up your mm-hmm. marriage. Don't. Uh, you know, th- that's that's not what this is about. Like take six months or a year, incorporate what this is about, incorporate this Live learning and growth. Live your way into the truth. Live your way yeah. into this. If, the, if it really is that this relationship isn't serving you anymore, you know, then talk, but don't, yeah. don't make be any... time. There will be time later Yeah, to make big decisions. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So my hope and wish for everybody out there is that, you know, if you're, if you don't have that strength right now, can you find a way to build that strength together? One of the mm-hmm. things that Kelly and I did before our wedding as part of our, we're, we're, you know, we're secular folks, so we couldn't go to our priest or, or pastor and get kind of relationship advice or, or marriage blessing before getting married. We went to a therapist. We went to this amazing therapist, Wonderful. Bill Rubin, who Lovely. we will also yeah. accept a sponsorship from. <laughs> Free session. Yeah. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Um, and we did something called EMDR together, which is like eye movement desensitization something, reflex something. something. Yeah. But we, and it, he was really excited because he said he's hardly ever done couples counseling mm. in that way. And it was brand new and it was just so powerful. It, it required both of us being really vulnerable and really opening and uh, really open. And, and again, kind of like going back to figuring out what were the, what were the bases for those old triggers? What were those bases for those stories that create all of this emotional charge that show up in like tax time and, and, right. you know, whatever else or like alone time or, um, and to just be there for one another in that vulnerability uh, was amazing. I mean, I know things about Kelly and where, where she comes from and where her emotions come from, where her reactions come from that I wouldn't have known if we hadn't done that together. Highly recommended. It was yeah, it was, it was amazing. Great. And we we've been talking for a while about saving up and and spending some money on that. There's just yeah, big... we like to go back for a tune up every now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've each been back separately since then. Mm-hmm. We, haven't we haven't been, been back been together. together. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that that uh, we kind of have to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So again, I like we're not we're not dear Abby. We're not giving relationship advice, but just really sending out you know warm thoughts and blessings for people who are engaged in. The work of becoming a strong self so that you can be in a strong relationship so you can give more to the world and create a strong community and a strong world. Yeah. And I just want to say, too, if you're in a relationship that is abusive, that's another story. Um, We're not suggesting that you try to stay and work things out with somebody who's who's crossing the line. Um, Get safe first and work it out after if. If there's something to work out, be safe, love yourself, because I guarantee you the people in your life love you and they want you to be safe. All right. That's enough for now. Yeah. We'll come talk more about this good stuff later. Yeah. Thanks for another time. Thanks for hanging out with me.
Yeah, we woke up. Are you, you're feeling more awake? I don't know. My face is doing weird stuff, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like a yawn in my face, but... Um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Yeah. Love yourself. Thanks for listening to the Rocket Feather Podcast. We love you. Thank you so much for listening to this special 20th episode, the Quickie episode. And we're curious if you have any tips or suggestions for how to make relationships a source of strength and a springboard, a platform that help each person in the relationship give their gifts out in the world, because that's what needs to happen, right? We hope to see as many of you as possible at the TEDx conference happening at Phoenix College on the 4th. We're really excited delivering a, a presentation on redefining strength for the 21st century. Even as we speak, even as I record this, Kelly is making beautiful slides for that presentation. It's definitely a collaborative effort. You can still get tickets at phoenixcollege.edu slash TEDx. And again, that's the fourth at six o'clock. And please drop by if you're in Prescott, please drop by Grander Mountain Brewery from five until eight on the fifth, where we will be live podcast recording from a beer release party and fundraiser. It's a brand new beer that they're creating in honor of girls STEM program, science, technology, engineering, and math. And we will be there interviewing women in those fields. We're very excited to have a couple of guest hosts, Olivia Lee, an Arctic climate researcher, and Jen Fla who is a uh, former NASA communications engineer, a serial entrepreneur, a musician. Uh, we just can't wait. We haven't even met these two guest hosts yet, but we're just really excited to have them in front of the mic. And until then, take great care, wash your hands, and we'll see you next week at the Rocket Feather Podcast. We're so awesome. We got and nothing weird. to talk about. We got well, nothing to talk about. Yeah.